0: Have you heard what's happening in Calgary, Canada? Home to some of the world's best researchers and innovators in life sciences, Calgary is advancing healthcare solutions to solve global challenges. Calgary's dedication to the life sciences sector is evident in its labs, hospitals, schools, and the minds of its people. With its top institutions producing internationally recognized research and more than 110 life science companies backed by a highly skilled pool of talent, the life sciences sector is accelerating innovation in Calgary. If you're a bright mind or a bright company, Calgary is just the place for you. Take a closer look at calgarylifesciences.com. Before we get started this week, I wanted to tell you about the digital library from Deep Dive. How much time does your team spend looking for research papers? Google, PubMed, social media. There's got to be a better way. You can now search a reference database of 100 million scientific papers and read the full text of 20 million articles, annotate them, and share with colleagues. It's the smarter way to do research. Here's the best part. If you're like me and been frustrated by not being able to access articles you find because they're behind a paywall, I've got good news. With Deep Dive, you get one-stop affordable research. If you're a listener of the BioReport, you can try the enterprise version of the service for free for one month. Go to deepdive.com forward slash podcast and enter the code BioReport. That's deepdive, D E E P D Y V E dot com forward slash podcast. And the code is BIOREPORT, one word, all caps. I'm Daniel Levine, and this is the Bio Report. Mm-hmm. The ability to discover new drugs can be limited by the tools and technologies small companies can access. Ally Therapeutics says it's democratizing access to a set of technologies and capabilities that are foundational for discovering and developing biologics. We spoke to Eric Anderson, founder, chairman and CEO of Ally Therapeutics, about the challenges of drug discovery it's seeking to address its business model, and the deal-making it's done to build beyond platform technologies to become involved in the discovery and development of therapeutic candidates. Eric, thanks for joining
1: us. Hey, Daniel. Great to be here. Thanks for having me.
0: We're going to talk about tools for drug discovery, Ally Therapeutics, and its platform technology. Before we dig into the details. Perhaps we can begin with the problems of drug discovery today as you see them and how Alloy is trying to address them.
1: Generally, the problem with drug discovery as I see it today is how do we unlock the potential for a lot of the insights that we have across the whole industry? So from academia all the way up through big pharma companies and everything in between in the ways that we work together to leverage the insights that we collectively generate, and how to each individually exploit those in ways that uh, ultimately derive uh, medicine for patients uh, in, in the most efficient way possible. And it's really a, a wealth of, of riches here that we have. Um, we, are, we are burdened by this incredible influx of data and opportunities. And it's just a question of how can we most rapidly exploit that for the benefit of making medicine efficiently.
0: Your name suggests that Alloy is in the business of developing drugs, but do you think of Alloy as a contract research organization or something else?
1: Alloy Therapeutics is called Alloy Therapeutics for two reasons. First, the Alloy part, which is we do everything we do in collaboration with others, and so we will never have our own drug pipeline. We, we create technologies, we do discovery, we do offer services, and we try to share those with the world with the appropriate level of exclusivity is one of the phrases that we use. And we have therapeutics in the name because the whole point of this business is to make therapeutics. So it comes from a simple belief that all value in the biotech industry comes ultimately from drugs in a patient. So a patient who is sick who is taking a drug. And everything else is really derivative value. So I I, I might argue even our willingness to invest our tax dollars in NIH funding really comes down to a belief that we think at some point that will be something useful for us as a society and what we can learn and then how we can leverage those learnings to do something useful and maybe to make medicine. So I think it's just to recognize that the if you if you always keep in mind that the whole point of this endeavor for all of us is to make medicine, and we're participating in a process that can last 10, 15, 20, 30 years or even longer, oftentimes that relies on people's life work. And we, we're only a small part of that process. And so everything has to work upstream of where we touch it, and everything has to work downstream of where we touch it. And, and we deeply value that collaborative nature of our industry. And whether you explicitly accept the fact that you are part of a spectrum of collaboration or not it's still true you you stand on the shoulders of giants before you and you rely upon the good work and the thoughtful attention that the service providers and the technology providers and the scientists and the regulatory folks and the physicians and ultimately the patients all need to come together to get those medicines into patients together so it's all about making medicine together
0: that said would you consider yourself a contract research organization
1: there are aspects of what we do that is contract research so at Alloy Therapeutics, we think about all our business lines as having three elements, platforms, services, and venture studios. And so if you think about Alloy, how it came together, it is really solving the problem of the scientist entrepreneur of when you have an idea for for a new medicine, how do you bring together the right teams and technologies and capital and all the other resources together to run an experiment as efficiently as possible and then where you see positive data, you're going to wrap a business model around that and and move it forward. So we uh, there are aspects of what we do but as, a, as a service provider. We do not mind calling ourselves a, a contract research organization. The vast majority of science is actually done by scientists doing that work uh, inside a company or for another company. And so I, there, we, we have no problem with calling ourselves a service provider. In addition to that, we do develop and license technology uh, and so you can see us as a licensing business and uh, through venture studios, we collaborate with scientists, entrepreneurs, either those that are embedded inside big pharma companies, but also folks in academia or even solopreneurs or otherwise who are starting their own companies. And we seek to to put all sorts of technologies and tools around them to help them build a company to, to run their experiments. Given that, I, I
0: take it there's not a single business model here that you work with Different customers in different ways. What's the range of approaches you take?
1: We the most simple way to work with us today. Many people know us for the the transgenic mouse that we market as the Alloy GK mouse. That is a the full uh, human gamma and kappa chains of of human monoclonal antibodies. So that so that is a mouse. actually we can take no credit for originally inventing actually that was in the true alloy way it was originally invented inside a a very large pharmaceutical company Um, we worked with management to actually make that available to the whole world i believe it demonstrated an incredible amount of leadership and thoughtfulness a lot of bravery there and thinking about how they might unlock the value of that technology um and so we helped to unlock that and then wrap a business plan around it and really our scientists have spent the last four years uh finishing the platform making it available and so many people know us as as actually the provider of the access to that human transgenic mouse which is call the Alloy GK mouse
0: and, uh, let's talk about that how unique is these mice
1: you know it's it just really works and so what makes it unique is one of the problems I had uh, as, as as a member of a management team where we were starting companies that needed really high quality human monoclonal antibodies is there are multiple ways to get that but the vast majority of antibody discovery starts in a mouse and what we saw out there in the marketplace is the vast majority of those are starting in a wild type mouse so those those mice make mouse make murine antibodies and We have a very tried and true way as an industry to turn a murine antibody into a human antibody through a process called humanization, but it could take six to 12 months, and it's a heck of a lot easier to break an antibody than it is to make it better through that humanization process, so you got to be careful, and it struck us, uh, those of us that put alloy together, it struck us as, wouldn't it be great if the whole world could just save that six to 12 month process and we could make that a solved problem for the entire world and the entire industry. So therefore we could save six months to 12 months off of every single human antibody discovery project. Again, that starts first in a mouse. And now there are times when the mouse is not enough even having a human antibody there. So we're we're a believer in both having access to in vivo in a mouse and in vitro approaches. And there's a number of different ways uh, that, that you can combine those capabilities uh, to to discover and engineer human monoclonal antibodies. And we believe all those things should come together. And the mouse is just one of the tools that you might want in your toolbox.
0: And as antibody discovery tools, is there some immunodiversity you need in that population of mice to make them more effective?
1: We just It's a combination of having the full complement of human genes in there and having the immunocompetence, sort of the health of a normal wild type mouse. So it, it turns out all of the evolution that's resulted in like the normal house mouse today uh, that we, u- we use in our labs, it's a pretty robust animal that can mount a good immune response. And so as long as we can make a good immune response that's about equivalent to wild type, that that's what we were looking for when we started Alloy. We felt like that would solve the problem sufficiently. The other thing we were looking for was, uh, as we built Alloy, was a commitment continuing to innovate on that platform so that no one would ever have to invest in a new technology and there would never need to be another human transgenic mouse company uh, where they could be acquired and then the the technology buried inside one company the idea was there would be a non-obsolescence by the world sort of collaborating around a a platform that would be broadly widely available royalty-free generally on that on that platform um. So it's a very low cost upfront and some annual payments. It looks more like a a software license than it does uh, like your traditional access to an enabling technology for therapeutic drug development.
0: Ally talks about the mice as its first platform. Mm. Uh, there's a, a bigger vision here of really offering a suite of enabling tools for drug discovery. What's the plan for acquiring or developing additional platform technologies? Are there other technologies that you're focused on now?
1: Yeah, absolutely. We, the antibodies is just the first thing. If you come back and think about solving the problem of the scientist entrepreneur, we talk about ourselves as an ecosystem company because we operate under an infinite time horizon. So we set up this company funded by a handful of family offices, including by, by Peter Thiel, and uh, with the plan that we would be independent forever. So we can go public, but we'll never be acquired. And the idea is by investing across very long time horizons, we can make investments in technologies that others might find challenging while operating inside a traditional 10-year fund life and venture capital or sort of living quarter to quarter uh, hitting your numbers. So we invest in those technologies. We take the long view to what are the tools and technologies that we would like to have available ourselves for our partner companies with our entrepreneurs and residents, which are our venture partners. And the mouse is one example of the many tools that, that we would like to have access to. So at Alloy, we actually the antibodies is our first of our six modalities where we currently have active either independent technology development collaborations with others. We will look to acquire in some cases. Uh, for sure, either straight from academia, uh, but we'll also look to the business model where we work with very large pharma companies where maybe they have acquired or developed technology that they're willing to let free from their organization to to, to license and to partner with us, where we can be their commercializing partner, but also to continue just to invest in the development of the technology and share it with the rest of the world with the appropriate level of exclusivity and what they get in exchange for that is uh, we pay for all the continued development on it. They get access to all future improvements. Uh, they can never be blocked by the future improvements there. And we, uh, we collaborate with others then to make medicine utilizing that technology. And they're sort of in the pole position for future collaborations. And so we, we see that as bearing an incredible amount of fruit. Have a number of collaborations. We already have 85 uh, collaborators using one or more of our platforms today. And so we look to pull those together in sort of this consortium type of model to develop new technologies together.
0: As you think about what an alloy platform would be, what are the elements? what What are the types of things you look for? You know what what could you point to in in the mouse model you have that would illustrate that?
1: Yeah, broad applicability. So we look for an impact and a tool, um, an unmet need. So um, so if I speak to the, to the transgenic mouse, we have the Alloy GX mouse platform. It's broadly applicable. So literally dozens, if not hundreds or even thousands of researchers in the world could use it. So that's nice. Um, It's one where there is no diminishing value to one more party using it. So just because one person uses the Alloy mouse doesn't necessarily mean the next person who uses it, it's, it's any less valuable. So there's there's no diminishing returns to the use of technology. So this is what we would call a foundational platform technology. You can make many many drugs from it. I think the other part is that there is it's an unmet, uh, sorry, it's an unsolved problem. So we are a small team at Alloy. We are not. uh, We have no plans to ever be big. We're in the range of 60 people today. We'll never be bigger than 100. We only get scale through our partnerships and by sharing our technology and doing discovery work with others and then starting new companies that can build up and grow and have their own hopes and dreams. So we, we look towards things that are scalable and solve a problem that other folks are not tackling.
0: Alloy has announced a number of partnerships with drug developers. I I wanted to ask you about a few different deals you've done and and understand how they fit into the company's broader vision. Mm. The first is a a deal you did with Echo Investment Capital to create Wheeler Bio. What is Wheeler
1: Bio? Uh, Wheeler Bio is a contract manufacturing organization based in Oklahoma City. So the problem that Wheeler Bio solves is that Alloy has a massive pipeline of antibodies that are heading towards the clinic, uh, that we, they come from our collaborations and each of those have the same problem, which is what contract manufacturing organization really cares about the GLP tox run. And then really will have the care to put that drug into the clinic to run our, our manufacturing process, to create our phase one material. And we just continue to be frustrated by, uh, how much time we spend on some of our boards. I think every biotech, every antibody company gets to this point where you spend four to six board meetings as a a, a team where at least half of what you talk about is your CMC strategy, even just making something as simple as a monoclonal antibody. And it would be really nice if that was a solved problem. So we supported Jesse McCool and the team there in Oklahoma City working with our partners Echo and Christian Kennedy to say, hey, wouldn't it be great if we uh, had a contract manufacturing organization where if Jesse screws up the GLP talks run, we could fire the CEO. I was kind of like laughing, of course he wouldn't get fired, but it's the, it's the idea, man, if Jesse's listening to this, he's gonna be in trouble, he's gonna be nervous. No, but it's, uh, he, he fits the phenotype of the sort of entrepreneur that we like to back that has an incredible commitment to their craft and their art and just, you know, he's crazy about really high quality uh, drug manufacturing. And uh, it's his passion and his purpose in life um, to take those problems away from the partners and to deliver a really great service on a predictable timeline at a fair cost. And I think most businesses shouldn't be more complicated than that. And so we looked out there, I, I had made my family office, had made some investments in some other folks, great companies. Um, and and we did this partnership in Oklahoma City, um, where we talk about that being our parallel integration strategy for CMC. So Alloy will not be vertically integrated in how we Uh, how we think about manufacturing, but we will collaborate with other like-minded folks to say, cool, how do we make the handoff from discovery into CMC as seamless as possible? And we wanna pull their expertise into discovery and as much as possible, have our discovery, uh, be mindful of what's gonna happen next in the manufacturing process. And that applies in antibodies as much as all of our other modalities.
0: It's interesting because it's not the typical deal you would expect for a company that's looking to develop discovery platforms. What does this say about Alloy's strategy?
1: We we're a forever company, and we don't take that lightly. Um, we we intend this company to outlast all of us who are running it today, and and we do that because it puts us in this abundance mindset. We are not zero sum focused, uh, and and we can think beyond the horizon. So it, it makes it easier for us to collaborate by understanding the constraints of our partners. And so, you know, some of our, our venture capital partners, they have 10 year fund life. So we look to say, okay, that's, that's totally fine. How can we help your portfolio companies where you can take, they can take most of the value inside the window of when you need to exit it. And then we're happy to take more of the value on the back end. We reinvest 100% of our revenues at Alloy, 100% of our revenues back into innovation and access to innovation. That's a rather unique business model. I don't mean 100% of profit. I mean 100% of revenue. So we are just fierce about how we think about putting our money back into running one more experiment. And there's this forcing function. We have five top level OKRs, and one of them is profit. And our forcing function on profit is to make a dollar of profit over the long run because we are a for profit company um, in, in so much as, as that is the goal. Because what that does is it forces us to make tough trade offs. But it very much aligns, also aligns our scientists to say, look, if you can find a way to do two experiments for the price of one, you get to do two experiments. And there's a particular type of person who is very excited to work at a company like that. <laughs> so we, we, we tend to attract the sort of person that loves puzzles and problems and is very, very passionate about developing technologies and having this gift that comes with every discovery project, there's this gift of half a dozen other problems that, that our partner brings us. And it's not even the thing that they're looking for that we can charge for. and But it's amazing to, to be part of a collaboration where you can be exposed to those to those problems. And, and you kind of see a pattern across a handful of, of these collaborations where you're like, you know, two other folks have said that they also have that problem. You know, we have an idea on how we might solve it, or someone on our team does you know, if we solve that, I think that might be useful. So why don't we just go do that and, and invent that technology over here? And then you can have access to it. But, you know, because this is held at Alloy, everyone's going to have access to it with the appropriate level of exclusivity. And you can go off and, and make sure that your drug gets to patients as quickly as possible.
0: Uh, second deal I wanted to ask you about was a joint venture with Pixis Oncology called Chyma Therapeutics mm-hmm. To develop immune modulating antibodies for novel targets in cancer and autoimmune diseases, why did you create this joint venture?
1: Yeah, this is—it really comes back to the strategy around efficient drug discovery. And so, Pixus Oncology, led by Lars Sullivan, backed by a really great venture capitalists, they would—they're the sort of company that we would call a target-rich company. They have—they have their core pipeline, but there was a number of other targets that they were interested in. And so our scientific team and their scientific team sat down and said, uh, hey, what would it look like? What would be the additional assets that you would want in your portfolio that complement both both their autoimmune and their oncology strategy? And, And we look for these opportunities where we can do something that is a little bit easier for us than our partner. And our partner is doing something that's maybe impossible for us to do. Uh, individually. That's the nature of a really wonderful collaboration. And so that collaboration with Pixis has been incredible. So we both teams are just working incredibly efficiently. We set that up as a mostly a virtual company initially because uh, the work that happens in the first six to twelve months really is work that can be done I- exclusively at Alloy and at Pixis. Uh, but the vision there, it's actually an independent company, and Pixis can can step in and in-license some of those drugs. So it becomes a pipeline for them that's a super efficient way to, to build a portfolio of assets. And uh, But at the same time, if they if they elect to not internalize those programs, there's a really great thesis on how that would be an independent company. We can go oncology or autoimmune, uh, depending on how we split it. And there's a number of targets that are behind the first two that we've already tackled.
0: And what's our role and responsibilities with regards to chyma?
1: Uh, we do, if you think about our business in the most simple way, we do discovery services and we do startup services. So in that way, our role there was putting together the company and doing everything soup to nuts that it takes to set up a company and to be able to resource it appropriately, uh, that and no matter how it grows or where it goes, we will uh, Secure the financing and put the management team in place and grow grow a company together. Uh, This is not too dissimilar to to new company creation. Um, It's why we call it a venture studio is we lean in with our work and our capital follows our work, unlike a venture capitalist where we kind of lean in with our capital and and I used to be in venture capital and certainly we make venture capital investments out of our family office. we we don't have our capital with our time following our capital. We reverse that in the Venture Studio, which is we look for a way where we could actually be useful doing real work. And, uh, and then our capital can follow behind that.
0: The last deal I wanted to ask you about was one you did with Vernal Biosciences, a, a mm-hmm. manufacturer of high purity mRNA for research and clinical use. This was actually a, an investment the company made. Alloy led the company's seed round. How does this investment fit into Alloy's broader vision?
1: We it fits this pattern. Christian Koba, fantastic scientist entrepreneur who I have known for many years. Um, Christian as one of those great scientist entrepreneurs that's on the radar of the shortlist of people you might call when you want to do something really special. Um, Christian had reached out to me around his own frustration with getting high quality mRNA and what he was doing at the bench and in his other roles, and so uh, he approached me personally about uh, seeking some advice in this company he was starting up. Um, I thought it was a fantastic idea. More importantly, Christian is a fantastic scientist and his strategy for doing this, uh, how to manufacture mRNA, not just doing it better, faster, cheaper today, but also with an eye towards how innovation leads to doing everything about it uh, more efficiently and at higher quality and can do things that would be a little bit harder to do today, but for that innovation. And so, I pitch Christian on a slightly different idea rather than us just making a direct investment. How about we empower him to be an independent company? Uh, we, we I, I asked that he consider having 10 to one voting stock and for us to be his only investor. And, uh, and then he would grow that company to just be a really high quality MRNA manufacturing platform because we know we need that to exist in the ecosystem. And I know there are a lot of other great companies that are doing uh, manufacturing MRNA. But it's really important that there are ones in the ecosystem that have uh, a commitment to doing high quality and building their business up and, and maybe considering being independent for, for their whole life. So we support Christian in that we're scaling the company. It's very much a partnership with Alloy. Christian gets access to all of our scientists and um, you know we, we share insights. Uh, everyone from Heather Schwabel, who leads our BD team, is our chief operating officer at Alloy. Heather's in there helping him uh, with business development. Uh, our Venture Studios team is helping him do uh, handle everything and starting up and running this company, even though, yes, we wrote a check and we're an investor. Uh, but again, the the capital is the least important thing that we will ever provide. Um, capital is very, very fungible. I would say it's more our willingness to take on the responsibility and do the hard work alongside folks like Christian. And where Vernal, I would just add to that Vernal fits into our ecosystem because it's, it's across our six modalities that are our priority. So our, Antibodies is what most folks know us for, but we're our next modality that you'll see launching behind a really fantastic CEO, uh, who's in, internal, he's a chief technology officer for TCR modality, but he's also the CEO of his independent effort, service service effort. And that is launching this year around TCR therapies. We also work in nucleic acids, peptides, cell therapy, and delivery broadly defined, both viral and non-viral. And then that's also where we put our blood-brain barrier crossing technologies each of those, we don't have to be everything to everyone, but we are, we are pulled into each of those areas because of problems that our partners bring to us and sort of solutions that we've identified that are useful to one or more of the companies and the collaborations or the entrepreneurs that we're working with. And so those are the six modalities we work across. And obviously, Vernal fits into nucleic acids really, really well.
0: In April, Alloy raised $75 million in a Series C financing. How's that investment being used and, and how far will it take you?
1: You, you know, we built this company up always with the threat of having enough revenue to be profitable. So uh, I'm a little old-fashioned in the way that I think about businesses. I grew up on a farm in western Kansas, and so I, I'm provisional in my thinking that after-tax cash flow actually is a real business. And so we've <laughs> we we do have a revenue generating model now. the The promise we make to our collaborators is we actually reinvest that revenue. And our philosophy there is it's our business what we do with our revenue and of course, our our investors have to agree to to our our business plan here, but the company was actually started and funded by a handful of visionary family offices, uh, and, and we bootstrapped it and funded it ourselves up to the point where we had the threat of profitability. So that was fantastic because that means we've always had the conversation with our investors as being completely above board with here's how we're gonna grow the ecosystem and the orderly functioning of this ecosystem will be magnificent and wonderful for your portfolio companies. And, and overall, there will be a lot of value created and we do believe we will, we will have a fair share of that value. And, uh, and, and our, our plan is to reinvest it into new uh, drug discovery and development.
0: Eric Anderson, founder, CEO, and chairman of Ally Therapeutics. Eric, thanks so much for your time today.
1: Of course, yeah, anytime.